Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the War Room. We got Dez, Eric Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Vote with the topics, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war in Kuwait is the war room. With five nights at the round table, five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, what up, what up? What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother, B. Austin. What up, B? Yeah! <laughs> Yo, the boy Jimmy the Blueprint is somewhere similar to the White Sand Beaches of St. Thomas. Though the same promise, he's as determined as the Mold Thomas. Y'all know nothing about that. We're going to talk our ish for a couple of hours, especially about that debacle that is the NFC least division in the NFL. And we're going to take some calls and rap about what you guys want to rap about as well. So get your popcorn ready. Keep it locked right here in the war room. If you want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. But before we get started, make sure that during the week, we're not live on the air, that you guys remember to check out archived episodes of our show on our own network at warroomsports.com. You can also catch us on the War Room Sports free mobile app, also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do your podcast listening, Stitcher, wherever. Um, yeah, but you can catch us there, the war room. What up? So what up, Aki? What's going on with the week, man? Yo, man, I'd be so excited to get the EPMD going, to get the so outcast going. <laughs> but, yo, I don't know which one of us is Andre 3000 and Big Boy because Big Boy can't really rap like three stacks, but three stacks just like a yeah. <laughs> Um, To get our Jada and Styles on fam. I'm 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 happy to be here, yo. Mellow's back in the NBA and busting ass. Um, yo, I had a question to ask you um, because we are children of a lesser God. We're children of hip hop. And, you know, no matter how far away we try and stray from it, it is what it is. Um, are you familiar with Griselda Records? Griselda Records? Yes. I'm not familiar with Griselda's body of work. Well, You're not that? familiar with. So these brothers started rhyming or I started taking notice about five years ago. And it's like they they literally get in a time machine and they travel forward from 1996 and they do whatever they do here in this age. And then they get back in the time machine and then they go back and they're signed to, uh, to Eminem, to Shady. And I just listened to the last three albums that they dropped, man. And I ain't dick eating. 
but it brought a tear to my eye, man. Like I didn't even like like everything is okay. I can get in my spaceship and and pop them in and just leave, and it's all good. And I think that you would appreciate what they uh, what they're talking about. It's Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun, and the brother Conway the Machine. I'm a I'm gonna shoot that to you on title, and I think Jimmy gotta be familiar because Jimmy's familiar with everything. Um, including that new ish that he shouldn't be familiar with, but um, yo, these dudes are straight out of the '90s. I'm like, who do you sell to? Like, like no one under 34 is even gonna appreciate what they do. And then right. I looked at their dates of birth, and I understood. I'm like, yo, you, these guys are like 36, so they stuck in the game for like 15 years and probably couldn't get on. And was getting laughed at, and finally someone said, "Yeah, but yeah, Griselda Records." I, I'll title all right, it. I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna check that out because all all I'm familiar with is Turquoise Jeep Records, so I got to check out. Smangin'! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my, <laughs> my smangin' brothers. Um, all right, man. Uh, he said, "Shout out to Jimmy, man. He's somewhere uh, laying on the beach." Taking care of world and business while you're there, you know, that's always the, the, the main objective. But he's somewhere laying on the beach doing it. Um, so shout out to that brother. Um, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into these hot topics, especially because uh, we got Gus Griffin on the line uh, to give his NFL picks for this week. So before we do that, uh, hot topics as, and as well as hot topics, uh, investing with Gus is also brought to you by my bookie. Uh, you guys can make tons of money betting on sports at my bookie. The NFL is in its stretch run. Um, I don't know what they're doing in the NFC East or the NFC Least, but the rest of the NFL is in its stretch run. Um, the NBA is right around the quarter pole. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to check them out. Lay down some, some bread on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You're tired of getting burnt by those other services when it's time to collect your winnings? That's why we urge you to try my bookie. You win, they pay out fast. No hassle. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after the game start. So join now on my bookie. Match your first deposit. Um, they'll match it. They'll match 50% of your first deposit. Excuse me. But that's up to $1,000. So just... Use the promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. Just check out the website, uh, throw in that promo code, and get the going. But before you do that, you might want to stay. If you're an NFL investor, you might want to stay and listen to this segment here because we got Gus Griffin on the line. Gus, what's going on, good brother? I'm all right. I'm all right. I uh, have um, the threats from last week's debacle have subsided a bit, and uh, <laughs> no one's trying I, to um, you yet. The Irishman ain't <laughs> looking for you. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I thought I'd be in this movie, but after last week, I just said, "Well, maybe this wasn't be the best time." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, if you're not familiar with what happened last week, if you didn't lay down anything, um. Gus went three and five last week. Now thirty-three and thirty-four for the season. Gus, I think this is the first time all season that you dipped slightly below five hundred. Yeah. Well, the Definitely. opening week, I 
Opening week, I think I was one and three, but uh, ever since then, yeah, I've been pretty steady. We don't count opening week. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows what's really going on opening week uh, because preseason is a debacle, so we don't get to learn anything. So we'll give you a pass on opening week. Um, okay. So right now, 33 and 34 for the season. Uh, we're going to start with an over-under. We got the Cowboys and the Bears, the over-under number. Uh, on that is 43. Where are you going? I'm going the under. Um, uh, the three best defenses the Cowboys have faced, the Bills, the Pats, and the Saints, they've scored a combined 34 points. So they're barely scoring They're barely scoring 10 points against the uh, upper echelon defenses, and certainly the Bears have that. Um, you don't need to speak anything of the Bears. Offense, yes, they look pretty decent against the Lions, but it was the Lions. I'm taking thirty. I'm taking under forty-three. I, I see max twenty-seventeen games, something like that. Okay. Um, next one, we got the Bills versus the Ravens. Uh, this is a it's a six-point spread on this game, and I believe the Bills are the home team. Yes, the Ravens are favored by six. I think the Bills. Uh, you know, you'd have to go back and look. They very well may be the most underappreciated nine and three team at this point in the season. Uh, in recent, oh, I can remember recent. I mean, they were seven point underdogs to the Cowboys uh, in Thanksgiving. And when you really think about it, and if you watch the game, you walk away thinking. And I don't know how I missed. It. I was getting ready to travel. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. But how on earth were they seven point underdogs to the Cowboys? Because if you watch that game, they were clearly the better team. Clearly, I mean, they were. They had a two game. Lead in record, seven point underdogs, and it it had, it had nothing to do but anything but the branding. You know, this is Dallas, this is Buffalo. Um, I think some of that will go on in this week. Um, the, the Baltimore, the, you can't speak about how they've been playing, but at some point you have some letdown, as the Saints did last year at this time when they went to Dallas. I think the Bills are going to cover this spread. This might be this is a very tricky game for Baltimore, so I think the Bills at the very least cover that spread. Okay. Um, and, and you're right. They're definitely an underappreciated 9-3 team. I'm one of the people who underappreciate them. At some point, they will make me a believer, hopefully, maybe. <laughs> but um, we're going to go Broncos at the Texans. The Texans are favored by 10 points. Yeah. Um, the, the Broncos have covered four of the last five time, five games. Their defense keeps them in games. Uh, after the um, – after the, the the Vikings escaped them, they talked to Stephon Diggs. That what happened? And he said, "If you watch the film, you know what happened. They're better than people think they are. I mean, the record doesn't reflect it, but their defense keeps them in games. Um, the Texans may have a little letdown after beating New England, um, but their defense isn't what it used to be with you know with Clowney and Watt out no longer there. So um, I think the Broncos cover this ten points again. Uh, the, the, I always look at double digit." Um, Double-digit underdogs. I, I, I flamed out last week picking the Raiders and the and the um. Who did I? Who did I, the, I think I picked the yeah I picked the Raiders in Arizona. They flamed out, and then the double-digit favorite I picked Carolina flamed out. So that speaks to last week. But I uh, I think the Broncos are going to cover this. Okay. Um, then we have the Colts visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers are actually a three-point favorite in this one. Yeah. Um, Falcons and Jacksonville don't exactly convince me as that the Buccaneers have turned the corner, and I just don't trust Winston. Uh, I just don't. I think it's fool's gold so far the last two weeks. The Colts have been a very good traveling team, and they're desperate. 
So I got the Colts uh, plus the three in this. I actually think pick this to be one of my upset specials. And I have one last upset special I didn't mention to you. Okay. Um, I'd take San Francisco to to go to New Orleans. They've lost two big games, the two biggest games, uh, the um, uh, Ravens and uh, Seattle. I think right. they're ready to win a big game. Um, and if you don't, if you don't want to take them on the upset, they're two and a half point underdogs. Go ahead and buy a point, buy a you know, buy off a point, give <clears> them a little value, and take the three. But I think San Francisco and the Colts are going to be the two upset winners this week. Okay. Yeah, and, and San Francisco isn't underappreciated like the Buffalo Bills, but I do uh. think. You know, but but I still think, B, that there's some people out there like they have to win one of these games against one of these better teams for us to really believe that what yeah, we're seeing all season is legit. Yeah, and that's reasonable. So that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, it's a reasonable expectation. It is. It is. Yeah, it's I, mean, I think to, they're going to go up to, to Seattle and win. When they go up to Seattle, I wouldn't be shocked if they go up to Seattle and win. In these big yeah. rivalry games, home field doesn't mean a whole lot, especially divisional. They go every year. So um, I wouldn't be sure they go with, up with the caveat that the 12th man is a little different, man. It's a little yeah, different. It used to be. Yeah, I'm about well, to say yeah, it's true. not the same. That's true, but, too. That's true, too. You know, it I mean, ain't like when Marshawn Lynch used to grab his manhood jumping into the end zone. I got you. It ain't, it ain't <laughs> the same. <laughs> and maybe the defense has declined. You know, the, the, the loud, the home field advantage, I mean, the, the main advantage is the quarterback can't hear his own signals. I mean, so, right. You know, right. And then you know, on top of that, they, like you said, they had a smothering defense, so it was it was just frustrating for any offense that used to go up there. All right, so it's time yeah. to get back over five hundred, man. We'll see how it goes this weekend. Um, I don't need don't just don't bet on the Eagles like anymore this season. Um, <laughs> I would have taken the yeah. over. I would have taken the over if it, if it weren't forecast to yeah. ring. The over and under is forty seven. I would have taken that, but it's the weather's a little Yo. tricky, so I just I just backed off. And Eli we talked will a be lot there. of ish and went outside and got beat up by the retarded kid with the hanging eyeball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week, man. Appreciate it. Oh, okay. Let everybody know about the uh, your 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 newest article that just dropped today. Yeah, latest column is um the coach and the police chief talking about um the Washington football team, and the police chief of Prince George's County. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice tie-in. It was a nice tie-in. So make sure you guys go to worldwindsports.com and, uh, and check that out. Give us your thoughts on it. Um, funny, like a ton, you get to, like, because we get the number, a ton of people read this stuff, but the only people that like to comment are the trolls. <laughs> that's, that's like the troll cannot read something and not troll. Like it's just impossible. But, but we'll Yo, see. you can't walk under the bridge and expect not to find what lives under the bridge, man. Yeah, yeah, they they always <laughs> come out and they boo. I like All right, that. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right, Jim. All, right, All right, no doubt. Uh, Gus Griffin, everybody, everybody, go make your investments. All right, in a little while, we got some time before we talk to uh, Fred Purdue about, uh, you know, about uh, the rivalry Saturday that's coming up in um, college football. Paying the price. I said the wrong term, but what is that? We we paying the price because we won the bowl two years ago. Like, we just going to look like this now. 
it's a price that I've always been willing to pay. I'm I'm cool. I mean, yeah, I, I, have, I have to, to stick to my word. Yeah. When they want it, I was like, you know, they can be trash for the next ten years, and they won't hear a peep from me. I mean, they're gonna hear me call them trash, but I'm not gonna get upset. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know how they living, they living, they living, they living up. They damn sure living up to it. They said, "Oh, that's it." We... <laughs> right. So, like, yo. man, I would say from like. Four years ago to just take like four years ago and then take the past 12, 13 years from that, B. Austin and I probably watch 94.9% of Eagles games together. Yeah. So, you know, he knows what yeah. it is. He knows, you know, I used to throw stuff and get upset and put holes in walls. And, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it was a lucky time that I didn't have children yet because they're light, Somebody easy to pick up, easy to throw. Beat up and put up <laughs> yeah, a yeah, couple car. people. I, but someone got yo, stomped out. Like stuff used to happen. I ain't gonna even, now I'm, I ain't I'm gonna even lie, man. But oh, I was man. before that, before the bowl though. After birds, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something on live air that I've never really admitted to because I know what he truly is. But yeah, I'll be enjoying seeing Fitz Magic do Fitz Magic things, man. I think <laughs> no, it's funny. I'd be fine with it. Because we're always like, yeah, 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 yeah. Though. like he always gets no, off on us. People, there's no <laughs> way people don't really think he's good and don't realize that he really garbage. Like, yo, <laughs> he has these games where it's like, yo. But that's the man. thing is. That that's that's what the thing is. He's actually a good I like quarterback. I like but consistency is not a part of his, you know, his makeup, but he does it enough to fool somebody into his next contract. And Yo, then, my man would go to rock to the other team profusely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he will also put up 400 yards and five TDs. Shout out to Harvard. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah. There's been rumors coming out of Cleveland that your man o- o- OBJ, o- Odell Beckham Jr., he runs out already. Or the source, quote-unquote source, out of Cleveland says he wants out after the season finishes and Brown's management will look to accommodate his likely request. Um, marriage over in Cleveland? I mean, because th- there was a thing when he went there where he was kind of, you know, on, on his brashness saying, you know, the Giants thought, thought they were sending me here to die. But then they got all this infusion of talent. They got the number one pick. They got Miles Garrett in there. His homie is over there um, at the other receiver. They got Nick Chubb in the backfield. Um, after he got in trouble, they got Kareem Hunt in the backfield after an eight-game suspension. You got Baker Mayfield, who had a great rookie season. So they thought this season it was all going to come together, and I think they were believing oh, they dream the preseason team. hype that they got. Now, I'm dream looking team. at their schedule. It's not that they can't still make some kind of run at the postseason, but sitting at 5-7 and seven right now, I don't think everybody who drank that Kool-Aid believed they would be 5-7 and seven at this point, and Odell Beckham would possibly, if this rumor is true, be asking his way out. So, what's your thoughts on this? Um, par for the Cleveland course. Par for the Cleveland course. It all stems back to the fact that you know, outside of LeBron, 
and and that uh, deal he made with Yozebub, no one is going to win in Cleveland. It's not really possible. It is one of the assholes of the earth. Um, but then looking at the fundamentals of football and how a football team is constructed, I'm going to start with the top. Yo, Freddie Kitchens is a helmet head. And you know what I really want to say. He really is. Like, he's he's he is the start, the middle, and the end of the problem. Too much. He is, he, he almost reminds me of, of a Ryan, like a Rex Ryan, uh, a buddy, uh, but too, like, at least they showed and demonstrated in the NFL what their substance was. You know, they can't coach a real team, but we can give them a unit and they're going to, and they'll be all right. Kitchens hasn't, hasn't proven that. So he's just falling flat on his face. Like that's 90% of the problem. Then we go to on the field, the execution. Well, these cats don't have discipline. There's no accountability. So what do you expect? The O-line, as we're very fond of always saying, if you have exceptional fat guys, the skill position players don't matter. And it's not that they don't matter, but from the very best wide receiver to the absolute, the absolute agahor. So from that spectrum, Agahor to the very best wide receiver in the league, it's like if you have exceptional fat guys, they will cover over the fact that you're playing with a handsless receiver up to <laughs> 75% of the time. And so I don't believe they are built at the GM level on that offensive line. I don't think they have a good – now, then we get to Baker. Besides, I'm saying Baker might just not be as good as he looks like. Besides besides him being a closet MAGA MAGA fan, I believe, he is the type of guy, he's got a lot of Brett Favre in him. Do you agree? Um, I do. If you you don't protect Brett Favre, he's already going to take risks and chances because he's cocky and he believes he's better than you and he can throw it through a pinhole. But now you're He's he's not going to augment his style of play to fit the fact that his O-line is trash and there's no chemistry with the team. So he's just out there playing the same, and he doesn't have the benefit of good coaching to correct the fundamental flaws and mistakes that need to be corrected now. So this is where a QB could seriously go bad. I believe Baker has the talent to be great, but I believe in order to be great, his starts between the ears and with wow. good mechanics because he's not some super exceptional athlete. He's got exceptional arm talent. He's not a super exceptional athlete. So he has to build on a base of fundamentals that you see with like a Drew Brees that you see even really with a Russell Wilson, although he's more athletic, but the fundamentals are there. Baker's fundamentals are flawed. He's not being coached up. And their O-line is trash. So now all of this talent you have on the edges doesn't even really matter. It doesn't matter yeah. that you have Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, the, the big original black man African tight end that can run like a 4-3 and, and got great hands. Not a good route runner, but he got hands and he's fast. Nick Chubb, prop, quiet is kept. Nick Chubb, top, top four running back in the NFL, maybe? Possibly. Top three. I, 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 I would agree with that. 
they don't give him the ball because it's a copycat league and someone told someone somewhere that, you know, you can't give a running back the ball 30 times in a game, uh, two games, three games straight. So Nick Chubb is a victim of his era, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But that is the problem in Cleveland, particularly with the offense, and I'm not even going to evaluate the defense. It bleeds over. The lack of discipline and accountability bleeds over to the other side of the ball, and we'll just leave that there as far as the defense is concerned. So that's the story in Cleveland, man. Talent doesn't matter. All right. All right. I, I mean, that's what we, we even said it prior to the season, man. We talked about the level of talent that this team had, but, you know, it was hard to be a total believer because we just always think the Cleveland Browns will find a way to brown it up. So far this season, they have found a way to brown it up. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias calling on and from Arizona. Tobias, what's going on, good brother? Hey, roll down time, fellas. Roll down time. Hey. Yeah, you weren't talking that after hey. that L. But. <laughs> hey, here's the thing, all right. I'll say this real quick on that. Everybody's talking about is over. Hey, if your quarterback challenged his inner Jameis Winston with two of the most glorious pick six I've ever seen from Alabama, uh, you're a terrible kicker again missing, and 13 penalties, and you lose he by three. He don't care and, about the excuses. Hey, like, oh, no, go hold ahead. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. They lose by three. Also, the LSU game lost by five to QB was on one leg. Hey, that means everything's over. I'm sorry. I got some swamp land. Hey, I got some swamp land to sell you in Arizona. But, hey. They lost. Yeah. So I mean, it, none of that but, none of that is enough for the top recruits in the co- country to turn away from Nick Saban at this point. So, yeah, I mean, we know that. Yeah, and like, you know, the thing is that, yeah, because you're not going to overcome 13 penalties. And the guy was stupid enough to jump off sides and the guy was getting ready to punt in the first half. And, uh, <laughs> and here's the other thing that's an underlying stat in that game. Five of Alabama's defensive penalties resulted in Auburn first downs with Kevin Drives going. You're not going to win like that. I don't care how much talent you have. And it's all about attention to detail in football and sports in general. And when you don't have that attention to detail, things happen. And especially you got a backup quarterback also. Well, you need to make sure you got everything on lock. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I definitely feel you. Um, and And like you said, not just in the specific situation we're talking about, man, I, I've noticed what you just said. There's a lack of detail across the board in sports. You know, you watch the NBA every night, and it's, it's <laughs> glaring. It's I glaring. James Harden. But, but hey, you got to talk about the Browns. You got to talk about the Browns, right? And mm-hmm. I'm always tired of Buccaneers the Buccaneers because, you know, the player. Buccaneers, like, because the Buccaneers are the, the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFC. But, uh, <laughs> we, but see, yes. No, uh, no, 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 Tobias, y'all, y'all are, Washington. y'all might be that. Yeah, I think it's Washington. As bad as the Bucks are, and I can appreciate where you're coming from, they ain't got issue on Cleveland, man. They ain't got issue on Cleveland. <laughs> but Yo, Cleveland, Cleveland, could put, Cleveland could put Wayne Gretzky, Bo Jackson, Michael Jordan, and 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 Will and Will and Will Chamberlain out there in their prime, and would nothing go down, man. They, they that place is cursed. <laughs> And you know what? Oh, ahead, and the thing is, you know, and uh, I want to tell Gus, hey, yeah, I, I would take the Colts against the Bucks also because the Bucks home games are called at the, the Bucks stadium is called a den of depression. 
because we never went at home for some reason. But um, hmm. <laughs> uh, and Jacoby Brissett is hella average, by the way. But anyway, we we need to take like the Browns, right? This is why I'm kind of yeah. oh, kind of Jacoby Brissett is is very David Garrard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might be. It might be. And, you know, <laughs> and you know what? Like we talked, you talked about the Browns and Baker's issue. I never thought he was all that. But this, that's that's the reason I kind of hope Tua slides in the draft where he doesn't go to a tire fire. See, part of the problem with some of these bad organizations, a lot like the Bucks, the Browns, the Skins, the Dolphins, when your quarter, when your team is bad, I mean, your, you, let's look at the quarterback situation and all these other parts of the team. Those bad habits aren't being coached out because you got crap coaches. And by the time you get somebody uh, in, I, those I players endorse, are too far I endorse everything you're saying. Everything you're saying, it's magnified by the fact that Baker Mayfield is his own big, puckering, unwiped asshole. But it, it, it's there's no one there to coach him out of the bad stuff. There's no one there to hold him accountable. So he's just going to continue to slide, and he's going to look worse than his talent really is. You're right. Because he's in a dumpster fire. And, and, and here's the thing. Name me a great quarterback who had bad coaching. <laughs> you know, we don't play a great, good and great coaches who, who got the best out of the quarterbacks. Randall but, uh, Cunningham? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Imagine we had a real coach. And uh, and you, you rarely see – these quarterbacks are coming in so young as well. And we're in an offensive line crisis – and uh, where offensive lines aren't as good now because you can't touch them in the CBA. So you got that aspect of it. And these teams don't want to run the football, even though running the football is a quarterback's best friend because control the game. Passing doesn't control the game. Control the line of scrimmage controls the game and makes life easier. And these guys are too young when they're coming in. And most of the time your first coach is your worst coach. But by the time you get one in, you're too far gone for the most part. People saying what happened. But then you get lucky like Pat Mahomes did or Jimmy G who won a coaching lottery with Belichick and Kyle Shanahan. You yeah. know, it just it's all about luck sometimes. You no, know, it's funny it's but funny you bring that up because even in, in the dumpster fire that is Cleveland in purgatory and no, nah, it ain't purgatory. That's the eighth level of H E double hockey stick. I honestly believe <laughs> You could give Cleveland three more wins if Nick Chubb averaged 10 more carries per game. If Nick Chubb averaged 10 more carries per game throughout the course of the season, they would have three more wins. Yeah. I, I believe. Because, yes, I for example, like I use the Bucks as an example. They're terrible running the football, right? And we got the worst left and right tackle in football for some reason. They like to stay on swinging gate. But uh, but <laughs> Peyton Barber was the leading rusher last week. 17 carries, 44 yards. He got the James Harden efficiency rating last, and Russell Westbrook efficiency rating around the ball. That's your leading rushing game. When you have that, these teams are teeing off. And I think these teams got to understand, running back is very important. Do you have to give them $100 million? No. But you have that player in that backfield who could be a safety foul catching the ball, who could make five yards in a 15 or 20, who could control the line of scrimmage is very important. But can I touch on the NBA real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. 
James Harden is the most overrated player in basketball. I said it because Draymond finally showed how he really sucks. Because the guys are gone, he ain't the most overrated <laughs> no more. James Harden, they keep saying he's the best scorer since Jordan. The dude only has three moves, a bad three-pointer, a layup, or traveling. That's his go-to move, traveling. Kobe Bryant may have taken, like, some crazy fast shots. But Kobe not only attacked the paint, not only shoot the three, he had a mid-range game and a post-game. Kevin Durant, the same thing. While we doing, look at James Harden, dribble, 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 go four for 20 for three. Somehow he, he's a two-guard version of Carl Malone, but he'll get all these free throws. But, oh, he scored 50 points. The dude is shooting 43% from the field, like 33 34% from the three. But, yeah, he's supposed to be this great scorer. How the heck is this great scorer? You, you, you shooting that terribly. I'm I'm going to agree with you while at the same time offering offering some level of explanation. Do I think that he's great in the all-time context? No, I don't. But even in order to do what he does, there is a measure of greatness that comes with that, Tobias. I, I, I blame Antoni far more than Harden is the type of guy he's only doing what you're allowing him to get away with because he grew up in this generation he doesn't know that he shouldn't have tight shorts on he doesn't know that he shouldn't wear women's clothes like he's just that he that's his generation there's no one he doesn't have an old head to show him the lopes as soon as Melo showed up they got him up out of there not that I'm considering Melo the type of guy that would that would forcefully push someone that's making $200 million a second to do something different. But my point being, they've gotten all of the accountability measures out of there and his coach encourages this by, because his coach is an analytics guy. I'd rather you chuck up 27 footers on step backs than taking a 21 foot two pointer because analytics tells us that that's a, yo, you can't penalize the player for the degradation of the game. The game right. and it's not it's not just his coach, me Austin. It's also what the referees the allow him to get away the with. The referees are about it is, yeah. Yeah. Harden has become he's become difficult to Carmel. officiate like yeah, like somebody but usually like back in the day when, when somebody would become difficult to officiate it might be because of their size. You know, Shaq was difficult Shaq. to officiate. Um, people I'm jumping on his back, but you're, 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 you've, already, you've already put it in your mind like, well, this dude weighs 800 pounds, so these guys are bouncing right off of him. While he's thinking, you know, I get fouled every time I touch the ball. But as soon as I turn this elbow and knock somebody's head down 90 feet to the other side of the, the, the You're going to call it on me. Then you're going to call it on him. So Shaq, and, and Shaq Dev, became Dev, very difficult. Great, great. No, that's a great. That's a great point. That actually right. may be the crux of the point. Because look, look at the the flip side of that. They allow him to do this in the regular season, and then they change the way they officiate in the playoffs, and that shit right. doesn't work. And they try to, exactly. And then it doesn't um, work. Which, which may have something to do with the fact that with the reputation that he's gained as this bad playoff performer, can't win, won't ever win. It might be because a lot of what he's used to getting away with 
tightens up in the playoffs. And I always thought the NBA, you know, they were bad for, for doing that. Like, officiate a basketball game the same in the preseason, the regular season, the the, the playoffs, and the NBA finals. It's still a basketball game. Um, so he's become he's, – he's in that category now um, of he hard to officiate. I believe – Allen Iverson was once in that category before they started changing rules and, you know, he couldn't carry the ball anymore. Now, this is this is the thing. This season, the NBA has gotten really tight on traveling. Like, if you catch the ball Not and last you night with LeBron. slide your foot a little bit, I know, <laughs> and you slide your foot a little bit, they're calling travel. Like, Tobias Harris, man, he gets called for traveling at least, <laughs> at least six times a game because – you know, once he catches it and tries to make a quick move off the catch, the refs aren't going for it. But at the same time, Harden is still getting away with – he's not getting away with the super egregious travels that he was, you know, last year and years prior. But he's still getting away with stuff. So if they're allowing him to do things that you're not allowing most other players to do, um, if – you're allowing his offensive flopping to to get him to the line 13 times a game. He went to the line 24 times the other night, and he's a great foul shooter. So that's gonna, oh, he's great. of course, that's gonna of course add to you know his scoring uh, abilities. Um, if you're gonna allow all of that, because a lot of times when he does drive and and gets that layup that Tobias was talking about. He's driving. He has his arms and elbows in the defender's face, but he's flopping on the way up, and he's getting the foul call for it. Um, he don't, so, yeah, a, a lot of things contribute to the way he's able to score the ball. I'm not knocking him. I mean, it's still – I'm not knocking him When you're, when you're able to put up the kind of numbers that he puts up. But you know, what's unfair, what's unfair to him? Yeah, yeah, hold on. What's unfair to him? Right, we got to be quick. Not, we got Fred waiting on the line. For concerned about well, it being unfair. We worry about life getting Fred. He'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> What's unfair to him is that change in the playoffs. Because if you're going to let him do this for 82 games and then cut it out when it's playoff time, that's not fair, man. That's not fair. No, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not attributing – all of that to the reason why he comes up small in the playoffs, but it has to play a factor. It has to play a factor because you're just used to getting away with stuff. And now the wrestler, like, oh, it's playoff time. It's time to tighten up our calls. No, you call a basketball game the same, the same way every time you referee a basketball game. That's it's always been yeah. like that, man. And it's like the same thing, like 40, 46 minutes throughout a game. They'll call the game a certain way, but at the end of a game, just because the game on the line and a superstar got the ball in his hand, you know, a lot of stuff you're not calling fouls because you don't want to. Uh, what, what do they say? They don't want to determine the game. They don't want to decide the game. Dude, yeah, that you know was a the- foul for 48 for 47 minutes. It's a foul in the 48th minute. Like you cannot change the way you yeah. officiate, and I can't stand when they do that. Yeah, I got something for you guys to talk about later. All these, and I'll say this, and I and I and I know Fred got to run, got to got to get in, but uh, you know, people talk about the NBA ratings are down, right? They want to talk about low management. I got two things on that, real quick. Two quick theories. First, they keep saying the regular things that don't matter, so the fans are like, "What? Well, you don't say it don't matter? I ain't got to watch it." But also, it seems like these teams play the exact same way. There's no difference. It's one guy dribbles, everyone. Pass up layers and shoot a three. 
it's like the same style. There's, there's no difference in style, in my opinion. And and I, no, and I think no, that's no, something no, there. Melo, right. Melo said he ain't he going down. He going down. I watch a lot of basketball league. games every night, and every channel you turn to, like the NBA is just turned into a glorified three-point contest. Basketball is bad right now. There's a lot of people out here who are loving the sport right now. And, you know, I love the game. I'll, I'll never give up on the game, but there's a lot of times when I'm sitting watching basketball with my son who I'm trying to teach how to play basketball, and I'm like, I find myself, I find the game being a whole memorandum on what you shouldn't do. I always find myself turning to him like, see, that's not good. Like, don't do that. That's not a good shot. That's not a good play. That's not, you know, and that's Brother, what it ban is. Him, ban him, the ban him from the three-point line. I know deep down inside, he started, he's watching TV. He's thinking he can shoot threes now. Three mid-range layups. They had diverse games. So it wasn't just three. They had diverse offensive skill set. But, hey, you guys have a good one. You got to get the Fred and everything. You guys have a good one, man. All right. Let's be honest here, man. All right, bro. All right, and we will get back into this NBA stuff. We got some of that stuff on the docket for later, but for now, we're going to get in some college football talk with the homie Fred Perdue from the Locked On Canes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Fred, what's going on, good brother? Fellas, what's going on? Not much, not much, man. It's it's time to talk a little college football, what's man. What's happening, Fred? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> what's going no on, Look, before we get into Championship Saturday, because I do want to get your opinion on some stuff that, on the biggest, you know, things that might go down on Championship Saturday, uh, since you are a Miami Hurricanes analyst for the Locked on Canes podcast, just give us a quick recap of, you know, what we've all viewed as a disappointing season for those Miami Hurricanes down there. Yeah, very disappointing season. Yeah, mm-hmm. very, very disappointing season. Canes finished six and six, uh, with stru- struggling, struggling, losing to FIU, losing struggling. to Duke. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's bad out here. And, they, and then they played you out, Fred, game? because AB, hey, you remember Fred was on the air just creaming FIU, and then Miami went out and lost them. Yeah, like, yeah. FI, <laughs> FIU cream, and FIU went ahead and creamed on on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's we, been a tough we just, year. For we, we just lost to the Dolphins, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I y'all no trash I, though. I, I don't. Hey. I don't care who we playing. We could be playing the Sisters of the Poor, and I don't talk trash about the Eagles because I don't trust. I already them, shot. So. I already. I already. Get, I already gave out my <laughs> shots fired about you guys. So I'll. I'll spare you this time. This time. Hey. Yo, we already lost to my team. Gary gave you business in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, go ahead. Uh, y'all, got us, y'all got us in the meaningless game. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but we're here to talk about the Miami Hurricanes. We talk, we're here to talk about the Miami Hurricanes. I'll give y'all NFL talk later. We, we don't want to talk about this. Too, too many. Right, listen, Fred, you've got too many student athletes, guys that go to class, that don't go to Uncle Luke's house. <laughs> but, yo, too I much, think, too much. I think what happened with this season is, and it happened early in the year, you have a lot of individuals uh, wanting to do indiv- accomplish individual goals 
This team played down to opponents, time in and time out. Uh, kicker was good. A, kicker was a big issue. Miami got down to its third string kicker, and kicker has been a problem across the country. But not I, the Miami. I think kicker is a problem throughout college football right now. It's just some Nobody teams are so good they can overcome that. Like some 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 schools don't even need a damn kicker. <laughs> yeah, if you're Alabama, you, well, I, I almost said if you're Alabama, but never mind. With, Shots well, fired. Alabama, Shots fired to buy Alabama used to not need a kicker. Obviously, this past week, damn. Alabama needed a damn kicker. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh and, oh, and go Tigers. How about that one, too? Since, since that one matter. How about that? Um, both of them. Both of them. The one, the Baton Rouge ones and the War Eagles. How about that? Um, but anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> Mac and Cheese but Jones didn't do anything for you, huh? Damn. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'm a, hey, I, don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Uh, but no. Um, but no, man. It, it's just this was a very disappointing year. I thought Miami figured it out at quarterback with um, Jaron Williams, who was a redshirt freshman. I thought that was the answer. I also thought, uh, like Manny Diaz, head coach, thought um, uh, Butch Berry uh, bringing him in from the NFL. I thought maybe that would help the offensive line. I mean, you have a couple of redshirt freshmen. You have a true freshman at, at left tackle. But nonetheless, you have some experience at, at wide receiver. You have the best tight end in America. That is Brevin Jordan. Uh, he will be a first-round pick come next year. Uh, he and, and he's not even eligible yet. So uh, you have a defense that has – I mean, they finished top, in the top 25, but it didn't feel like it because the offense – just left the defense on the field so much. Uh, just a couple stats. I know, I know, be awesome. You love those stats. So here's a stat for you Miami finished 130th out of 130 teams on third down, converting Yo. third. 27.2%. Yo. Mm. Yo, they <laughs> dog ish. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is behind an Akron team that did not win a game. Not a, not not a half a game. They didn't win one game. So Miami doesn't know what it feel like to win on third down. Man, it, they really don't. And part of it is, I think when you when you bring in <laughs> when you bring in a different offensive coordinator. And I get it. Mark Rick didn't want to give up the the offensive coordinator duties, and he didn't want to adjust the play style, which I've been saying for years. And my esteemed co-host Cam Underwood on the Locked On Canes podcast agrees with me uh, that Miami needs to go to a more traditional spread offense than what this dinosaur of an offense that they're running. Miami finished. 70, if, it, if I remember the stat correctly, it was they finished 72nd in the country in total plays this, this year, right? So that means there are 71 other teams that run more plays at a quicker pace because it's, it's tempo, 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 tempo. We see it in the college level. We see it at high school, college, and the NFL level. If you run more plays, 
you have more opportunities to score. And yes, the caveat to that is if you run more plays and you don't succeed like Miami has not succeeded, your defense is on the field more, but it's volume. It's, it's equivalent to a volume shooter. If I take a ton, at least I'll make a ton. Hopefully I'll mm-hmm. make a ton. We were just talking and about James Harden. So I think with Miami, that's what's right now is the problem. Um, there's been a couple firings as far as head coaches that uh, as far as head coaches being fired across the country and one Charlie Strong who was at Texas moved on to the USF Bulls. I really would not mind him being at you at Miami as an offensive coordinator. No disrespect to new defensive coordinator. I'm sorry, um, defensive coordinator for Miami instead of Blake Baker. Um, and on the offensive side, I think Miami and Manny Diaz thought that they'd be getting what they saw at Alabama when he was just the quarterback coach. You know, so I think that's part of the problem. Maybe go out and get a guy in like a Sean Gleason at Texas. Uh, I'm sorry, at Oklahoma State, where they have one of the best offenses in the country, or get one Graham Harrell, who is going to be, who is the offensive coordinator, former quarterback at Texas Tech, knocked off Texas. You you guys remember the Crabtree runs free up the sideline. They beat Texas. Yeah. yeah, that that Graham Harrell. He's at USC. He's the offensive coordinator. Their offense is taking a jump, even though they went eight and four. Uh, Miami needs to get to a point where they are running more plays, getting more uh, athletes on the field in a more traditional sense. And you can still run the ball, but it has right. to take advantage of the athletes. All right. So we'll, we'll see uh, what happens in, in their off season and on in the next year. But, yo, it is championship Saturday. Um, a few big matchups out there. Just give us, you know, your thoughts on some of the bigger ones because we got to be quick here. All right, so Power 5. We'll go Power 5 only. Pac-12, Utah is – they have to hold serve. I think they're going to have to put some big-time points on Oregon. Uh, They – their lone loss was to USC, that same USC team that I just named. Uh, That USC team um, faced off against a a Utah team that did not have their star running back, Zach Moss, who has over 1,200 yards. But – this isn't the Oregon team that you remember with Chip Kelly with the no huddle. The jerseys are still there, but the style of play is different. They're more of a physical power run team now, uh, led by the most overrated quarterback in college football, uh, Justin Herbert. I will continue to say it. I've said it all year. I will continue to say it. He is the most overrated quarterback in college football. So uh, for Utah, uh, Tyler Huntley is—he's completing 75% of his of his throws. Uh, he is a—he is a master of the football. He's not going to the NFL. He's not going to kill the league. None of that. But as a college spread option quarterback who's able to throw the football, yes, he is what you want. Um, they are also on defense. They're a solid group, holding teams. They're averaging 56 per, uh, yards per game, uh, rushing defense. So the defense is solid. They haven't played the best competition. It is the Pac-12, but you still have to respect those guys. Uh, they are they need a little help to get into this whole college football playoff thing. Uh, right now, they're sitting at number five. Uh, they need Georgia, who right now is going to be facing off say, against. Georgia they're facing off against LSU. <laughs> they're about to free up a spot. So. so Ooh, mm, you sure about that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know me. I'm rooting for for my man Frommy. 
But nah, I just got nah. a feeling. Another that. overrated college quarterback. Another, <laughs> another he overrated just, college. He's regular smegular, man. He's he firing shots today. Oh yeah, he, I mean, if you put Jake from anywhere else in the country, he'd be the same guy. Georgia plays their style of offense is what Alabama used to be when they had guys like Greg McElroy running the show. It's run the ball, play physical on both sides of the ball, keep the game close. Hope you don't have to have a kicker win you a game. Play bully. So you think, and that, you think Georgia has a shot at LSU? You think they, they got a shot to win that? Even though you think Fromm is overrated like that? I, I don't. I don't think Georgia has oh. a shot. I think yeah, the Joe Burrow know. show they're is about to, real. They're about to free up that spot then. That Joe I mean, Burrow. Georgia would have to win that game for that game to actually – for them to actually get in. Um, for Utah to get in. Yeah. Honestly – for me, Yo, Fred's been letting Fromm have it for three seasons. <laughs> and my man Fromm just keeps winning, keep winning, baby. Yeah, just oh, win, he baby. winning, man. He just win. have it. I'm not letting that man off the hook, no sir. Um, so for me, I think it's gonna be one of those games. Georgia's defense will keep a minute, but the problem is offensively, they're not gonna be able to score. Uh, score points. Their red zone threat, Lawrence Cager, formerly of Miami, he's out for the season. Their other star freshman receiver, George Pickens, after getting in a fight uh, against Georgia Tech, he's out for a half. So you're and DeAndre Swift, their star running back, also hurt. Good luck. Yeah, college football cracks me up with these punishments. Half a game for targeting, half a game for fighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't it, get it. I don't get it. It's crazy. Um, that's, that's happened to me before. At high school basketball, where I got, I got, <laughs> I, I didn't get caught. I got snitched on for uh, cutting in class, so I got benched for first half of the game. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happens. But um, um, all right, so last, let's go to the last three. The I'll give you picks on the last three. If you just want picks for the last three, yeah, let's go to the Big Ten. Give me a pick on that. All right, Big Ten, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State is going to blow those guys out. Uh, yeah. It'll be close for maybe a quarter and a half. Jonathan Taylor is the best player on that Wisconsin team, but he has no help. Justin Fields is going to be the number one pick overall over Trevor Lawrence next year. You heard it here first, so don't be surprised next year. Um, and they, and that's he's not even the star attraction. Chase Young is uh, the star attraction on defense at Ohio State. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins is right behind him. They have three dudes that are legit Heisman uh, contenders. Ohio State rolls that rolls in that game. Uh, Clemson, Virgi- Clemson and Virginia. Are we are we really discussing this? Clemson's going to kill these guys. <laughs> Bryce Perkins is a good college quarterback, and he'll have a chance at the league as maybe a, a guy that you bring in as a developmental guy. But I just don't see Clemson even having to. They may they they'll wake up destroying these. Listen, you said Justin Fields would be the number one pick, and I, I agree with you. I mean, Justin Fields, for the people who haven't seen, who you know, who haven't seen him, he, he's talented. His talent and skills speak for themselves. But I got to ask you a question because remember, remember when the hype train for Trevor Lawrence left the station? Um, it was a hell of a hype train. Do you think the fact that you now think you know he's going to be the number one pick over Trevor Lawrence and that you know? might not even be close as far as the decision is concerned. Do you think on top of Fields' uh, talent and skills, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that, 
you know, the MVP race right now in the NFL is littered with black faces at the quarterback position? I don't. Um, I think both you don't think, quarterbacks. You don't think, like, you don't think it's good for the reputation of black quarterbacks? Uh, no, not really. Um, I think at the end of the day, I think – First and foremost, GMs they need they need the best guy on the team on on the board to win games. I mean, at the end of the day, um, if you get somebody that looks like us, that's great. But at the end of the day, yeah, um, I, must, I must warn you, Fred may be one of those we live beyond. We live in a post-racial society. Oh my God! Here <laughs> you go. Here you go. I just want to win might, games, man. I just want to win might, games. I just want to win games. Who's the dude? Who's the dude that? Uh, but that's what I'm asking you though. Before this year, do you really think that mm-hmm. the, that everybody out there was was convinced that we could win games? I think they um, needed what's happening with Lamar, and then you know you had. I, I want to. Can I? Can I put out? I, I want to. You had Mahomes so from I last hit you season. With a, I gotta hit you with the the lead course, so not so fast. I think Lamar Jackson is smoking mirrors. I'm just putting okay. it out there. I think. I we'll think see. Like for me, for me, I like what's going on, but at the same time, like like I said, you haven't heard me jump out the window yet because I'm like, I need okay, to see him year like four, this, five, six you when see he it can't for, take off right. as much anymore. You, you got to see it for multiple years before I, need I jump to see out the window it. like that. I need when you when you say he's when you say he's smoking mirrors or you believe mm-hmm. him to be smoking mirrors. Now I, I we all know how each other evaluate. Uh, talent and and the game and, and and we're not you know that far off from each other's perspectives. Mm-hmm. What is it that you think is smoke and mirrors about him? I think he's in a very controlled offense with a running game that really. This offense is literally the same offense that Colin Kaepernick ran. Colin Kaepernick was a good quarterback, not a great coach, not a great quarterback, good quarterback. Mm-hmm. But it, mm-hmm. but you have various levels. To what made him successful You need a great offensive line You need a, gr- a good running game You may need some decent receivers You may need some decent tight ends Can I, when, I, when I talk about great quarterbacks Pat Mahomes don't need He does not need Tyreek Hill To be great My guy no before, before the age Started kicking in I, I'm just going to say it he, does, he doesn't need it He didn't need it It made him look great he needed a Aaron great, Rodgers does not a great need, offensive line. Uh, Aaron Rodgers did not does not need great receivers. It helps have. Then we weren't going to get past this without a Brady mention. Oh, yeah. Um, and and of course my and, and the guy I really I've liked him since he was at Clemson. Uh, my guy Deshaun Watson. He does. He's had a very average offensive line with one really dominant receiver. No running. No great running game. I mean, they're surrounding him with weapons now, but in the beginning, nah. okay. So, so, so here, I mean, here's, that's, that's uh, here's my here's my here's my no concern. I, 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 don't, I don't I don't know I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he'll end up. So I'm 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 with you, Dev. Wait and see. But what I will say is, I do see a change in the mobility of the position and the way it's played. My concern with with him. Is I think his little body takes too much of a pounding pause. Exactly. I, I don't think that, but that's not an indictment of his actual quarterback play. My man just don't know how to slide. He didn't play baseball. He was a track but guess guy. Who, but guess who? Guy. Guess who he learned? Who? Guess who his eyes on the uh, on the sideline are? 
who doesn't yeah, know how to fly it either. Pop Rock and Tootsie Pops. We're not talking about that dude. He out the league. He don't count. But, but I, I'm, I'm nervous about the amount of punishment. But, that, that, but that, hey, that, hey, but, but that, B, that, if you're worried about his starting quarterback like that, then Pop Rock and Pop Rocks and Tootsie Pops is very much still in the league because exactly. any play, I, 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 my one concern, he could be called up. He could be called up at any, any time. My one concern about Lamar Jackson, I know we went completely left field, but my one concern mm-hmm. about Lamar Jackson is when you force him to say, if you say, you, we're going to contain you the whole game, and you're going to have to sit in this pocket, and you're going to have to, the majority of your plays will be made from the pocket, and guess what? You're going to play against a lot of zone coverage, or you're going to play against tight man coverage, and we're going to put a spy on you that's fast as you. Or can get can kind of contain. I, 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 I respect I respect that, but can how many teams have that personnel? In a, in a, how in a, many teams have that personnel? Not many can do it. Not many can do it. But the ones that can, the New England Patriots. I mean, they, they can. They they have guys no, that I, can do it. No, I, I, Fred, I was going to beat you to it just to save your credibility and not make you look like a homer. I was about to say, you're going to have to look for a Patriots Ravens rematch in the playoffs. To possibly see what he's talking about, because you know, if you you know Belichick, Belichick gets a seen it one time, you up for I mean, a playoff game, then it might look different than with everything you did in the, in the um, exactly. regular season. Hey man, exactly. let's get back to your last pick, man. We did we did the oh did you give all the picks? Uh, the Big Twelve, and, the the uh, ACC, Clemson's gonna kill Virginia, and the yeah. Big Twelve, it's gonna be a shootout, Baylor and Oklahoma. I trust – I'm still – my heartstrings are still being tugged by Jalen Hurts and his story, how he, his redemption story. I need Jalen Hurts to have another Heisman moment so we can at least see him in New York, at least see him in a – maybe in a in a, a playoff situation. There, the the dream story was supposed to be him in Alabama, facing off against Alabama, him beating Alabama, making Tua cry and all that good stuff. Alabama's out of it. Go Tigers. Tobias, thank you. Um, <laughs> both of them, both Iron of them. Shot. But Baton Rouge, that, yeah, Baton Rouge and in Auburn. But uh, anyways, um, but yeah, that's I want to see more of Jalen Hurts just dominating. I I root for that kid every day, man, because so many guys have gone down that road. He's gone down, and you've never heard of him again. So I root for him every day. All right, sure. Well, let's uh, we'll we'll revisit. You know, uh, championship Sunday next week when we talk to you. But before you go, just let everybody know where they can hear your show and where they can catch you on social media. You can catch me on social media, Fred Produce CFB. And I've been I've been told I have to do this now. So it's P E R D U E, not the school that loses a bunch of games. So you can follow me there on Twitter, um, and also you can follow the show on Twitter, the Locked On Canes podcast. At Locked On Canes, you can follow also my my esteemed co-host Cam Underwood at Underwood Sports, where daily we talk Miami Hurricanes. We talk a little bit of X's and O's. We talk a little bit of recruiting. So if you if that's what you love, uh, make sure you go check us out. You can catch us on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get, wherever you get your podcast. Just search. Locked All on right, Fred. All you gotta do from now on is tell the people, look, man, it's Purdue like the chicken, not like the school. Yo! Okay. I don't know if I want to give up that kind of advertising, though. That's true. I don't know. You might end up, I don't know. You do it enough, they might take notice. And, you know what I mean? They be calling locked in. Like, all, you, all, you, all, you all you owe us is 15%. You good. 
I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, bro. All right, Fred Purdue, everybody, from the Locked On Canes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, man. So what I want to talk about real quick, you know, last of these NFL topics, man, the NFC least, a.k.a. the NFC East division. Yo, there is a clown show of uh, division race going on right now between the Dallas Cowboys and our Philadelphia Eagles because each team – each team is being very nice at the front door, trying to hold the door for the other team to go through and get this playoff berth. Oh, no, no, you go first. No, no, you go first. So for the past few weeks, they've been standing at the door telling the other person to go first, and we're still in that situation right now. The Cowboys, as, we, as we've all you know, talked about in the past couple of weeks, schedule going down the stretch, a little bit harder than the Eagles. You know, they got – uh, they had Buffalo on Thanksgiving that everybody pretty much thought they could still beat and would still beat. They got Chicago this week. They got the Rams. Uh, then they got Philly. And then I believe Washington to end the season. Eagles, on the other hand, had uh, an easy, a, a game that everybody thought was an easy game, a game that I had tickets to because I learned my lesson when I'm traveling for an Eagles game try to get one that you think, you know, 99.9% is going to be a win so you don't mess up your whole trip. Um, I ended up not going. And I'm glad I didn't because Miami is not a place to be angry in. And I would have been angry had I gone all the way down there and watched this team lose to the lowly Miami Dolphins who, by all accounts this season, aren't even trying to win. <laughs> so when the Cowboys give the Eagles an opening on uh Thanksgiving, they come out on Sunday, and the defense lays an egg against Fitzmagic. Be awesome earlier in the day. Um, so this week, Chicago versus the Cowboys. Uh, the Eagles have the Giants on Monday night with the return of Eli Manning. So I don't know, as an Eagles fan, if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, They're going to put foot in it. Because my thing is, like, okay, everybody thinks Eli's done and washed, and he might very well be, but I don't want to be the first team to have to play him in his. With no film. I got to prove that I can still do this game, mm. you know? Mm. Because you never know, you know, what kind of motivation and how he's going to come out. He might come out and try to, you know, put on a performance where he can at least clamp this, for this job down for the rest of the season, whether Daniel Jones can go or not. So, you know, I don't want to be the first experimental team in his prove-it tour. So, I'm, you know, a little worried about what's going to go on. And, and you have to be worried because the Eagles just aren't that good of a team. Like, somebody told me the uh, last week, um, B, well, you know, the Eagles should get the division because they got to, you know, come on, look at their schedule versus the Cowboys' schedule. I had to remind this person. As an Eagles fan, and this is prior to losing to the Miami Dolphins, B, I was like, well, you're saying that, but the Eagles don't have a great record right now. They haven't shown that they can put a full game together all season. They haven't shown that both units, offense and defense, can play well in the same game. So while you're saying, okay, they have an easy schedule, 
I guarantee you that everybody on their schedule that's supposed to be quote unquote easy is pointing to the Eagles on their schedule like, well, that's a winnable game. Not saying, okay, we're going to beat them. That's the Eagles. Not counting it, but they're looking at it as a winnable game where Why not? if the Eagles were playing the way they're, you know, were everybody thought they would be playing at this point when the season started, you know, these lowly teams like the Dolphins, Washington, probably the Giants, they would be looking at this, okay, this is another loss, uh, another another draft position game for us. These teams are pointing to this game now like that's a possible win. Like, you know, don't chalk up that Eagles game because they're not that great. That's a possible win. So what is it with this division where neither one of the two teams at the top of it are anywhere near as good as anybody thought they were going to be? And how do you see this playing out? Because let me give you one more scenario. And, you know, the people here, you used to live here, the people here um, are getting a little bit excited about the slurs because they've won two games in a row. And there's actually still, there's only one team coming out of the NFC East, but there's actually still a scenario where the Washington slurs can get into the playoffs by way of winning this division. And that's if the Dallas Cowboys totally lose out, Washington wins the rest of their games, and Philadelphia wins one of their remaining games, and that game has to be against the Cowboys, of course, if they're going to lose out. (laughs) Then Washington would sneak in and win the division. I just said that to humor everybody. Not going to (laughs) happen. So back to Philly and and Dallas. Why is this playing out this way? Why are neither one of these teams as good as anybody thought they were going to be? And how do you see it playing out for the rest of the season? You know, those are those are good. um, It's a good question. And that and that scenario that you just ran through is certainly laughable. Um, I would like to point to a word in everybody's dictionary and y'all all all got them because y'all got, you know, smartphones. Every phone is smart now. Go to the dictionary and look up mediocrity. It's the state or quality of being mediocre. The Dallas Cowboys are a mediocre team. Not a mediocre talent. I'm going to get to my Eagles in a second. Not a mediocre talent. They've got plenty of talent. they got loads of talent. But they are a mediocre team. They are mediocre because their head coach doesn't inspire. They're mediocre because their play calling is predictable. They're mediocre because their owner has an ego that makes everything about him as opposed to putting the team first. They're mediocre because they have an overrated quarterback who is um, running around Cabo with a bag of – and is running back. They're mediocre because defensively they are wishy-washy as to when they show up. And so when it's easy, when it's easy and the play calling doesn't have to be created and you just go out there kind of like Alabama does and say, you got a man, you got a man, you got a man, and you're just more athletic and more talented, go win. That works for them. But when the talent is equal or better, they can't win. So that's the Cowboys. The Cowboys are, in my best estimation, literally an 8 and 18, whatever that means. If that means they're in the playoffs, then they'll get in at 8 and 8. If that means they're out of the playoffs at 8 and 8, then they're out. They are the picture of mediocrity. Us, the Eagles, we just ain't shit. Period. <laughs> we, we, we just ain't. Um, 
our issue, and and I hate, I I hate that Carson Wentz has to go through this because he is again one of these type of guys. Doesn't he put you in the mind of Andrew Luck? The doesn't he remind you of Andrew Luck in that he's got all of this physical talent and he's not gonna go down without a fight. And so he starts pressing and he starts forcing and he starts making bad decisions based on that. But golly, man. And the thing was, though, Catch the Eagles were supposed to have put enough talent around him that he didn't have to be Andrew Luck. Yo. He didn't have to press. He shouldn't. He should. And, and, and the problem is, as, yo, Deshaun Jackson shouldn't make this much of a difference. And I'm not, I know how you and I feel, and we can, we can certainly make the case why he is not the issue but we can, we're not going to go down that tangent. Let's just say one guy getting injured who's that fast shouldn't blow the entire offense apart, and it hasn't. The reality is the reality is play calling is an issue. We're not as talented as we thought we were. Our offensive line has aged before our eyes. The O-line isn't good. The line's not good, and – you're running around with an Afrikant instead of an Afrikan. And Nelson Agahor, he's playing wide receiver without having any arms. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey cannot create any separation any longer and tends to drop the ball from time to time. And, and God bless Zach Ertz. God bless him. He's a great player. But your tight end should never be your best, wide, your best receiver. He shouldn't be your best option. And he has become a binky for Carson. So Carson scans the field. Oh, wherever Zach Ertz is, I'm going, you know, because he's the only guy that will consistently catch the ball and not drop it. Um, Peterson, Doug, commit to running the football. Like, like commit to running the football like you called Joe Gibbs, and Joe Gibbs gave you his pep speech, and it's, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Commit to running the football because our O-line isn't giving – Carson the time he needs and pass blocking you got to help these dudes man um defensively you know we know what the issues are secondary is trash the d-line has not played up to standard but I would go as far as to say our defense is actually good it's not a bad defense it's just not world beating to where the offense can be as poor as it has been, and the defense can prop us up or hold us up. It's not that good anymore. Our offense has been sadly delinquent on delivery. So, you know, the defense, the secondary is trash. They're bumps. Uh, the linebackers are overachievers. They play pretty well. And on any given Sunday, you don't know what you're going to get from the front four. Some Some games they look like world beaters, and other games they look like, you know, they tired of being anything other than what the secondary is. They're not doing it this game. And that's where we are, inconsistency. Some of that has to rest at the feet of Doug Peterson. Unfortunately, some of it rests at the feet of Carson Wentz, although too much is given, much is expected. So I kind of feel like people are over-blaming Carson Wentz. I've seen him hit guys in the hands multiple yeah. times. No, I, like we I agree. Three I, 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 see, I see a lot of people over-blaming him. I, I also see yeah. a lot of people who refuse to, you know, hold him to any level of accountability. Yeah, yeah. Of course, like, you know, I, I always fall somewhere in the middle. I can tell you 
his flaws. But I can also tell you that it's not as bad on his side that some people are making it out to be. But it's also not perfect over there. So you can't just totally it, it, no, absolve it, him from what's happening. It's, it's not, but I would also say this, and maybe you agree. I can look throughout the season if Carson Wentz doesn't play any better or any worse, where if the receivers catch the ball, we have three more wins. Would oh, you yeah. agree? Oh, yeah. we, especially yeah. early season. Early yeah. season, the Eagles should have been at least 5-0 and oh, and then like 7-2 and yeah. two at some point. But, yeah. you know. And and, and that's the difference though. Even if he even if you see him, because a lot of people go on the last thing they saw. Um he played a good game against Miami. Um, you know, a few misses here and there, a few bad reads here and there. But that didn't win or lose that game. You know what I'm saying? Well, it definitely well, they lost. So it didn't lose them that game. Um the defense lost them that game. Um yeah. the game before like the Seattle game, um, he had a miserable performance in that game. A lot of people were pointing to that. And it was like, at that moment, they kind of forgot about everything else that went on in the beginning of the season and just let that overlap everything. And their whole thinking was, this is how he's been playing all season. And that's just completely not true. It's just not true, no matter how you look at it. But, um, you know, he's done some things that, that he needs to clean up, but a lot of stuff needs to be cleaned up around him as well. Um, you got people it, out it, there, shout out to Max Kellerman, who, when you explain that kind of stuff to him, he'll switch gears and go far as uh, far enough as saying, "Well, he Nick Foles, everybody wanted to play for him, so everybody rallied around and blah blah blah." You can't keep going to the Nick Foles thing because, first of all, yeah, it's not the it's same team. Some of the old it's, it's a lazy argument. Some of the guys. Some of the guys who even played well then, some of the old Aren't guys are now. a year or two older. They're not playing as well right now. You're not going to tell me that it's a, a Riley thing. Alshon Jeffrey's not playing as well. Yo, Alshon trash. Um, Alshon trash. <laughs> Aguilar is not playing like he played in the Super Bowl season. He's playing like he played every other season except the Super Bowl season. Um, Zach Ertz is not even playing to to where he – you know, the standard Can't that he's play. built for us. And then we don't have anybody else. Like, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, he hasn't proven anything. He hasn't been able to get on the field. Matt Collins has done nothing. Ended up getting released this week. Um, yeah. So, it's like, there's nothing over there. Everybody got excited about Deshaun Jackson week one. You and I both said that he wouldn't last till week three. He didn't even last till I, week two. So man, I ain't big like and that and that's my thing like i i'm not gonna discount i'll say it this way i'm not gonna discount who and what he is based on my genuine my genuine and honest dislike of the dude i i I know okay dude would make a lot of difference but come on man it ain't just him it ain't it ain't it ain't that's the thing though but we've always we've always acknowledged his his trick We've always uh-huh. acknowledged what he can do, but he's never available. So it's Yo, like, okay, never... this is a this is an overrated concept if he can't even be on the field to 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 do that. So you know, I I get all that out of my mind early because you kind of know 
If you if you know anything hurt. about football, you know you're not going to have Deshaun Jackson for you. You want to have Deshaun Jackson for ten to eleven games on the backside of the season. That's the best right. you can hope for. Get injured early, he come right. back. Get injured and early and come back. back. And come and come. In this case, he got injured early and he ain't coming back. So, all right. I, so, I, how do you I, see this ending? How do you see this ending? Because even as, as bad as the Eagles are, they should beat the Giants. I don't know if they'll sweep the Giants, but they should beat the Giants. They should finish off Washington. I don't think they can beat the Cowboys. But the cow, you see how the Cowboys will give up games. Um, and the Eagles yeah. have this one at home. Um, so for me, the Miami game is going to loom way more important than it's, you know, it should than it shows yeah. because, because I still think the Cowboys will drop at least two more games, maybe to the Bears, maybe Cowboys. to the Rams. Cowboys you know what I'm saying? They might more. drop. They might drop two more games. So if you win that Miami game and tie it up there, and you went out from that point, then I think, if I'm doing the math correctly, and I'm doing it really quickly in my head, I think with the Cowboys dropping the two games that I think they would drop, even if they sweep the Eagles in the season series, I think the Eagles still had that chance of finishing a game ahead of the Cowboys in the long run. But they messed that up by giving up a game that nobody should lose. So no one. I see the Cowboys backing into the playoffs by default because the yeah. Eagles are just I, I think, trash. I think I know what your answer is. We are, we are trash. Which team is better or, or less than better? Which team is less trash? Um, that's even a hard – I mean, that's a hard thing to answer because – I think the Cowboys, like the expectations after the three and zero start, and they've gone three and six since then. I think that I don't know. I I I I think the Cowboys are better than the Eagles. I think they're going to go to Philly in a couple of weeks and and beat us again, which will put the nail in the coffin most likely. I that I agree because I honestly think that they're mediocre. I think that I, if I keep it a hundred with myself. I think we're a bad football team. I don't think we're bad. Like, I don't think no, we're yeah, mediocre. I mean, we're below mediocre. We haven't shown anything because what we showed in the beginning of the season when we were still living on those, oh, we one pass, one drop pass away from winning that game, we showed at that point that we can't finish games. Then as the season went on, we showed that, well, early in the season, we were showing that the offense can't get started until at least the third quarter. Um, but we show pretty much every game that you cannot get the offense and the defense, you know, to have a good game at the same time. So, you know, that's just reeks of not being a good team because no unit is consistent enough for you to even be dominant in any right. kind of stretch during the season. So, yeah, I, right. I think I think the Cowboys will finish um, finish the deal. And I'm not even saying finish it like they're going to go out and just totally do their part to finish it. Like I said, I think the Eagles and the Cowboys right now are still standing at the entrance to, to the building, holding the door for each other like, no, you go. No, you go. But I think the Cowboys will end up saying, okay, let me stop doing this. Let's walk through yeah. this door. So, so, the prop, so the problem the problem is, even if we get our act together, um, I, I don't think we're talented. Like from a talent uh, perspective, I think there's a talent deficiency. So I got yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, because you looked at the roster, a lot of people preseason are like, the Eagles have the greatest, the, the most talented roster in the league. 
Yeah, I think a lot of those dudes fell off. Um, Alshon Dunn and yeah. I'm actually seeing brother. I'm actually seeing brother Malcolm fall off a little bit. Yeah, he's falling. And he's off. still a yeah, good player like, in comparison to Alshon, but yeah, there's some fall you know, off there. Alshon gone. All right, <laughs> real, real quick, let's stat of the week. Let's get back a little bit to this whole James Harden thing. We talked about it earlier, but let me tell you how crazy it actually is. Um, just for comparison's sake, Steph Curry attempted. 287 free throws all of last season. Now, now, Steph Curry is not the dude who's gone to the hole nonstop and getting to the line, but it's still crazy that through 20 games of this season, James Harden has already attempted 298 free throws. So, through 20 games of the season, damn near to the quarter mark of the season, not even, like, right at the quarter mark of the season, he's already attempted 12 more free throws, 11 more free throws than Steph Curry did all of last season. Yo, the pace that he he's on is crazy. And people, you know, when Tobias called in earlier and talked about James Harden as a scorer and he thinks he's overrated, I mean, this is one of the things. This is the mark of a scorer. A scorer gets to the foul line. But I sometimes think the way that James Harden gets to the foul line. We spoke about it earlier. I just think he's a little difficult. He's gotten into that category of being difficult to officiate. He gets to the line a lot when he probably shouldn't. And I'm not saying all of them, but he's averaging like 13 free throws a game. There's a few mixed in there where it's like, man, that wasn't a foul. He's flopping and you fell for that. All kinds of stuff. But the thing is, you know what? There, he makes him. He went 24 for 24 from the free throw line the other night in a 50-point game against the Rock, against the Spurs, right? He went something crazy like 9 for 38 um, from the field. But he went 24 of 24 from the foul line. And that same game, Russell, Wilson, Russell Westbrook went 7 for 30 from the field. So these guys missed <laughs> – these guys missed like over 50 shots between them. And they lost by two in overtime, and that was even controversial. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But the free throws, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 insane. through twenty games. <laughs> because because we're 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 aficionados and lovers of the game, I want to appreciate James Harden for what he is. Um, and I started to because he's you know he's my type of player, highly skilled, huh. not athletic but when I watch him um, he doesn't make my old fat ass want to go play basketball <laughs> like what he does I don't want to go I don't want to do that that's not that's, what and I that's the thing do. though because I talked mm-hmm. to you earlier about, like the stuff that I'm teaching and preaching to my son as I'm watching basketball and I'm always preaching to him look you know go the hole get to the foul line you know what I'm saying there's a whole lot a whole lot of positive in that you can go up there, and if you make yourself into a good free throw shooter, you can go up there, you get easy buckets, um, you get the rest while doing it. Like, there's a whole lot in there. The, the, the clock is stopped just in case, depending on what the situation is with the score in your team. There's just a whole lot of positive to get into the line as much as you can. But I can't really say, like, when, when we're watching a Rockets game, I'm not telling him, yeah, that's what you should be doing, this is, this is what you should be doing. I'm kind of like, and not just the Rockets, but, you know, 
the NBA in general, a lot of stuff I'm seeing when I'm watching games with them, I'm like, yeah, that's not how you should go about that. That's not because a lot of things are being done now off of athleticism. So you can't just teach the average kid, the average person, that kind of stuff, because everybody's not going to become that kind of an athlete. You forced it. You forced Steph and Fred Van Fleet. It's hard to teach, uh, man. It's like the best teacher, the best games to watch with a young person would probably be like WNBA games, but I refuse. Um, Quote of the week. (laughs) This is crazy. We're going to talk about this, and we're going to take some more calls in a minute. Um, Quote of the week. He's really good at that fake, Lamar Jackson. But when you consider his dark skin color with a dark football, with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point. Um, that quote came from now suspended San Francisco 49ers broadcaster Tim Ryan on the effectiveness of <laughs> of, of uh, Jackson's play-action fake because of his dark skin and the dark ball of the dark uniform, making it hard to see for the defense that fake. He got suspended for one game. I don't don't even know how to react to this. You know, social media went crazy. He should have been fired. He should have been this. Can I be honest with the people out here? Can I be honest with the people out here? I know it's wrong. Even if it's not maliciously wrong, it's just ignorant. To say, mm-hmm. but I, I I can't promise y'all that I didn't laugh when I first saw this. I can't promise y'all. <laughs> like, I'm just not mature enough to handle stuff yeah. like this. Even if I know it's wrong, because at this point, at some point, some of the stuff that goes on, some of the stuff we have I to laugh. I don't. At I don't think. Point. I don't think we can't be outraged to, over everything. You got to laugh. I don't think you need to qualify that because I do. everyone a lot of people out there don't know, man. A lot of people don't know how immature. Everyone that tunes in and listens to this show knows that if we had the opportunity to eviscerate Trump, we would. But everyone also knows that we enjoy him to the fullest because A, he is hilarious and B, this is what America is. If we can't laugh at Trump, what can we do? We I can't wake up in the morning if I can't laugh at dude. So <laughs> you man this is He's a great player because how black he is. Because how black he is. Black ass can <laughs> black ass. I can't tell the difference between him and the ball. Um, and his jersey. Like, come on, man. So I want basically called the brother's skin complexion blurple. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. It makes people uncomfortable. We're going to have some of our Possibly not our listeners, but folks that participate in our uh, in our Facebook on our Facebook page, and we we love you, we appreciate you, even the racist guys. Man, I really I really love and appreciate you, man. You can be a white supremacist and be a part of the war room uh, family. We're cool. You're just our racist uh, part participants. So here's what I'm going to say: A, as you mentioned, the guy. Whether he should know it, he should know not to say that. Whether it comes from a racist and bigoted place or it just comes from an insensitive place, you should be aware. You you should be cognitive, uh, uh, cognizant of that, right? I'm going to go ahead and say that race, racism, white supremacy are so woven into the tapestry of 
American society, that statements like this are just natural and that those that say them are only giving over to their nature. Now, there will be some upsetment with that statement because there's going to be a, a you're generalizing. Well, yeah, I am generalizing. I'm generalizing, but show me where that generalization is, is wrong, right? Because every so often, and I would say within the span of 90 days, you're going to get something in the news cycle where someone says or does something that falls in line with what this gentleman did. Now, do I feel he should lose his job? I can't answer that. I, I, I can't answer that um, because I feel as though this type of stuff is not an outlier. I feel as though this is indicative of what a large segment of the population really feels. And he just allowed it to slip. But it's been in his mind. That doesn't necessarily even mean he hates Lamar Jackson. I'm not, I don't think right. he's hateful. I don't think it's, it is the ignorance of bigotry and racism manifesting itself, quite honestly, in a comedic, in a comedic way. But this is who America is. And pe it makes people uncomfortable. It make it incenses black folks. It makes white folks uncomfortable. But because we don't acknowledge it, and, and I like the reason that we laugh at it is because we are comedic in nature at some level. We're not comedians. But if you can't laugh at your pain, then you can't acknowledge it and face it, and you can't deal with it. We laugh at it because it is it's funny. It's funny. Funny thing is, though, it's funny wrong. thing is, like, I never thought of it, you know, because, I, you know, I, I don't even think I've watched Lamar Jackson enough to have to thought in my mind level. ever like man he's a hell of a uh you know handoff faker like i've you never thought that before you know but i'm you like if that became his thing like mm -hmm. i wouldn't put it past some over analyzing black analyst to think that or say that himself and they would not have gotten in trouble for it <laughs> i'm gonna say but they can't say that they can't say yeah. And, 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 there's, and, there's a, and there's a white person somewhere that will make the case, well, why could the black guy say that? Well, you go ahead and look at history and look at why you can't say it versus why we could. I mean, that come on, that's common sense, too. Why is it that you would want to say that? If you feel as though it's something that could be questionable, then I would throw back at you, why would you want to say that? Because a black commentator probably could say that. Shannon, I could see Shannon Sharp saying something like that off of, off of a little bit of cognac. But um, this, again, my, my whole position, uh, Dev, is this is America. And when it rears its ugly head, it, it's, it's uncomfortable for some. But this is who we are. We live in a racist place. In, uh, in the group, in the game time app, he said, um, was it worse than what Billy Packer said about AI? I, I actually forgot what he said about AI, so I asked him, "If you rem do you remember what Billy Packer said about AI?" No. If not, we'll just wait for him to to say that. Yep. Okay. Uh, the Trailblazers going to amend Carmelo Anthony's contract so that it becomes fully guaranteed for the remainder of the season. So Melo, they already man. earned him. 
system guarantees. This is the feel-good story. I, 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 man, it, we ain't at that part of the show. We'll talk about it in a few. I'm All so right, we happy, got the man. homie Nas on the line, so let's hear uh, what he has to say, and then we'll get to that part uh, of the show. Right. Nas, what's going on, man? Yeah. What's, what's, good, Eagle? what's going on, man? Uh, hopefully, I didn't <laughs> miss smoke. Uh, from Alabama, but shout out to him, man. You know I was just messing with you the other week. Oh, it's all good. Been, uh, it's all good. You've been getting killed. Yeah, that's what we're supposed oh, to do. Hey, man. You know, you know that's me. That's what we're supposed to You got to. We got to let him have it. Unbothered by any criticism or uh, care about anybody's feelings. Uh, nah, that's just how I roll. I was, I was raised I a certain way. I don't think you've ever heard <laughs> someone brag the way Tobias brags about the tie. Like it's ne- oh, like he good. literally is the Ric Flair of supporting the Todd. <laughs> like he's Ric Flair with it. So he can, and he does it on right. air, but he's even worse in the chat room. In the chat room, oh, it's okay, crazy. Good. Well, ho- hopefully so, yeah, I heard that's it. Right. That's why that's why Jimmy uh, Jimmy's relentless. When Jimmy's on the air, he's relentless with Tobias when they lose. <laughs> I aim to displease. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's basically my whole sentiment. But but. Get into what y'all was just talking about, this little story. Like, look, yeah, y'all laid it out. Yeah, it's more funny than anything just because it's so stupid. The question isn't should he be fired because he made some some comments that you could easily see as racist, and you probably know this dude has a racist mind state. He should be fired because he's not good at his job. Like, he's stupid. (laughs) Like, the Baltimore (laughs) Ravens are good at play action because they run the ball a lot, and the quarterback runs as well. That makes That's what I'm saying. Like, what, kind of, what kind of it, analysis is that? It's hard to get up the field His dark him. skin so, makes him like, what? Right. Like, that's just bad yeah, like, like, dude, who hired you? That, that's first. Okay, who hired him and why? <laughs> and why aren't they fired? And then you bring him in and you fire him too because, okay, you're not good at this job. you got to go. If, if, you're, if your football acumen tells you somebody is effective in play action because – their dark skin hides the football. Like, bro, you gotta go. Like, trash. You're not qualified for this job. Your analysis is trash. Tom Brady's, but Tom Brady's great white and Aryan nature makes him great at the position. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Like that's why he needed to be fired, just because he ain't good at his job. Uh, the Eagle stuff. Now, this is what y'all Philly boys, y'all real Philly boys. So I, I can say this to y'all with no 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 issues. But Philly, the, the Eagles remind me of Golden State. You had a situation where the players, some overperformed what they were as a career player and mm-hmm. played really well. You guys were able to win a championship. And immediately like the, administration, <laughs> right, the administration starts beating his chest about how they're better than everybody, how they have an advantage because of how smart they are. So Howie Roseman, you know, you, 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 kind, of clever, you, you kind of compare him to that Golden State regime. So he makes all of these, like, risky signings where it's like, okay, we're going to backload all of this money or we're going to get this guy who has a really checkered injury pass. But if he's healthy, this is going to work out this way. And this, so right. he took all of these, all these old guys. You know, plays. Right. So then when everything went bad and most of these guys were injured or couldn't play, now you've got a roster where Jim Schwartz has to sit in the house because he knows his coverage will not hold up because the secondary is not good and the front four is not good enough anymore to get pressure alone. So you're in no man's land on defense. You know you're hoping and wishing, and then you go to the offensive side of the ball, and you got problems everywhere. Yes, you have a lot of receivers, and, and people are supposed to catch the ball who are not, you know, great at it, 
But also there's problems with Carson. Uh, his mechanics break down a lot, and the ball tends to sail, or uh, it gets to the point where the ball placement is just so horrid that it's like, okay, dude, you're dealing with average receivers. You've got to be a lot more on the money. And it's not because he doesn't have the ability to do it, because you see it from play to play to where everything looks good and it comes out right. But he, he just breaks down way too much, loses his fundamentals my, my, either in the pocket or out of the pocket. And, you know, I, that's a problem, man. I agree with your analysis 99.875%. And my only deviation really is more of a question With Carson, no matter what quarterback you have, two things. If they're under pressure because their O-line isn't holding up, because our O-line is the other piece that you didn't mention. Them dudes is up out of here, man. Jason Peters already retired. He just on the field. If if a young quarterback... His replacement isn't ready yet. His replacement has gotten into a few games and gotten benched in the same game. So... You've got O-line lacking You've got receivers that can't catch. And then you've got a guy who's got what I like to call Andrew Luck syndrome, which is he's going to press to try and make something happen leading to those mechanics. I, I just don't find as much fault in Carson as I do with this entire thing breaking down. There's so much breakdown all around him. How does he hold up? You know, not not absolving him of blame, Nas, but yo, he's hitting cats in the hands and they won't catch it. He can, only thing yeah, he can do is pick too. it off. That happens too, but I, I will be careful to compare him to Andrew Lux because I don't think he's as good as Andrew. I don't think he mm-hmm. raises the level of the players around him. I don't think he's that kind of quarterback. I think he's more in that Matt Ryan sense of you have to have talented players around him in a good scheme, and then he can excel. But when things start to crumble around him and you expect him to be the hero, I don't think he's talented enough to do that and, 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 and pull you forward. Now, that's not a knock on him. That's called, okay, if you've got a quarterback no, 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 and you're you. putting $100 million into him, you have to have a proper assessment of him. The Falcons never took that proper assessment, and that's why you know they think they're contenders every year and you see what happens. So, uh, yeah, know, I'm I think, knocking, um, I'm not and I think the, the pressing is always going to be an issue because he's always going to have the ghost of Nick Foles over his shoulder, even though he's not on the mm-hmm. team. Yeah, anymore. he has to, he has to prove so himself he, in a way that right. most quarterbacks never have to. Like to be on yeah. that team and the other guy wins the chip, and you know what I mean. You're you're always going to have to prove yourself. Now the, the other part yeah. of this is, as y'all talked about earlier, okay, your O line is not good at pass protection. Why are you doing so many deep drops? Uh, why are you not why getting the ball out early? Why are you not forcing the running routes. game? Uh, yeah. Right. Why are you not forcing the running game? That's one of his flaws, though, holding the ball too long. He definitely does that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but the, the thing Eagles with him, like, he doesn't have – like, yeah, Fulton didn't have that team. same issue because when Stetler came in, he didn't light it up. You know, he the defense mm-hmm. pretty much led them to a championship. Like, Nick Foles came in – First playoff game wasn't that great. Second half was pretty good. But then the, the next two, the championship game and the Super Bowl, dude just went out there and just showed his ass. So he's always right. on and that, that. And now he's in, you know. being, in the process of being run out of Florida. So, you, you know, these things are kind of circular. <laughs> but think about the Eagles of bringing back Darren Sproles. It's like, okay, for one, he shouldn't be good enough to make your roster. You should have somebody better than him in camp that beats him out. 
he should not wow. be taking up a, a spot. That's yeah. not knock on Darren. You know, great player. No, 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 it's not. But come on now. No, that's not a knock on Darren. That's a knock on Howie Roseman because we shouldn't be bringing him back. And he shouldn't be so good after all of those injuries and being five foot three and the size of a stripper <laughs> that he can make a team. It, like, that's dude is Dude is damn near 40 and tiny and is one of your best players. Like, I still would argue when healthy, which is never, but when healthy, he's still one of your best players. Why? Why? Why right. is that? That should that, – yeah, I, I, that's my criticism of Howie. I, I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. So, so that's the problem. Then you get the young receivers who it appears just – Carson doesn't trust them at all to be where they're supposed to be. Uh, they don't get off the line well. And then they're not blazing fast either because they were telling us 4-3 stuff for uh, – was it uh, – what's the guy's name? Who they were telling us 4-3 stuff. And when I seen Jordan Matthews get signed and, and then play snaps in the same week, I said, oh, God, these boys are slow And then they cut back – so they cut two receivers in the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, who's going to be in the game then? Because which, which, uh, which guy yeah. like which guy did you hear ran a four three the the abracadabra cabarabus dude white hyphen in his face yeah yeah so that right. guy, and he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a red zone threat he's supposed to be able to go up and get the ball I'm like I haven't even right. seen him in the game in the red zone too much this season in camp without pads but in the actual game where he has to get off the line he has to run routes and he has to have timing. Uh, no, it's just not good. I mean, he's a developmental yeah. player. And, and this is the Even, um, Alshon Jeffrey. The only way he can catch a ball now is he just run a few yards and box you out. Like, he's slow as hell. No separation. That man Yo, is out there. What's, cra- what's crazy <laughs> is Alshon Jeffrey actually didn't have a bad 40 coming out of out of college. Like, dude was a deep threat oh, in, in Chicago. He's the kid oh, that in Chicago. All that good. Right, but, yeah, but right. you don't want to be a bad veteran signing if you're asking him to be the third or fourth wide receiver. But if you're asking him to be the one and be your, your primary option, like, besides Earth, like, nah, you're in trouble. Now, as far as so the Cowboys. I mean, t- I mean two, three years ago, yeah, but now, yeah. Nah, like, nah, nah, let, me, right. let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, Nodge. So you made the, co- the comment about Carson. I, I agree. Can Carson grow beyond Matt Ryan, or are you saying that's his ceiling? I think that's his ceiling. I don't think you'll see okay. anything beyond that. I, th- I think the, the issues that, that you talk about where he presses and things start to break down, I don't think Damn, that's going to go I think we're going to see the ball flow on him. I think, like, like go to that, that check down, that infamous check down in the game before this one. Uh, where they were trying to rally back and, and win. And, I mean, he just, like, the way that that ball sailed on him, man, like you knew all day. He knew where it was supposed to go. He just couldn't get it there because his mechanics were so, you know, out of whack. And when you lose to a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led team who is trying to tank and Ryan is messing it up, like, man, that's an indictment. So yeah, that's my guy. In football, and the Cowboys' mediocre team is going to run away. Well, not run away but barely pull away and win the division, uh, even though they're terrible too. And when they tried to give you every opportunity to win it yourself. Right. But you got Jason Witten making the team down there, so that, that already tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> and, of course, they – Yo, Zach, they took him out. As long as they got him out the Monday night booth, 
Because I was about to start boycotting Monday Night Football. <laughs> <laughs> Dak has this great start, and all of a sudden, they attribute the winning to Dak as opposed to the threat of Zeke that had everybody sitting, you know, sitting Yo, in the gas no, and focusing no, on Zeke. And then no, they went to a Dak-centric offense. And, shit on Zeke. They said Zeke right. can't play no more. It's all that. It's all that. It's everything. Everything we ever do is all about that. I'm like, yo. It's like, man, and, and they the are thing, counting the for Zeke. That That's laughable. why he gets all these open windows. Now, the moment the they started the preparing for Dak. Nah, mm-hmm. look at Dak. Look at, look at Zeke's numbers. His numbers mm-hmm. aren't bad. Like, they're not great. But he has good quality numbers. They're still like, no, Zeke fell off. It's all Dak. All that, <laughs> right? And and the crazy thing is, when you watch certain certain systems, like you watch the New York Giants with Saquon Barkley, you watch the Cowboys with Zeke. It's clear that in Carolina with CMC, they understand the proper way to use a running back of that kind of you know that caliber. You get them out of space, you feed them, you feed them touches, but you make sure those touches are either going to be effective because you're forcing one on ones or you're just going to hit him with value. And just the, the misuse of, of, of Zeke, who I think, I think he's catching like 50 less balls than last year at this point. And Yo. the misuse of Saquon, you're like, man, it's not that running backs don't matter. It's that we got some really bad coaches out here who don't understand how to use an advantage. Yo, last game the Cowboys just lost was, should have been a wake-up call because Zeke was very, very productive. And they still didn't use – he got two touches in the second half. Against a good defense. is Buffalo, who's probably That's one of the top three pass defensive uh, teams in the yeah. league, but they get gashed in the run game. But they're going to throw take, it. Let's take, average, let's take average-ass Dak and throw it in. And let's not run with the best – with the top five running back in the league. Let's, let's not do that. Yo, I can't – I cannot – want the, the Cowboys to make it to the future, just based on stuff like that. Not my natural seething hate of them because I'm an Eagles fan, but just look at dumb stuff like that. They can't possibly... Oh, dude, it's going to be so fun to watch them lose in the first round. Oh, it's going to be so fun. They're going to enjoy it. It's going to be a good Twitter night. Oh, and, and before I get out of here, y'all were dead on in the Harden conversation. Look, James Harden yeah. and Luka Doncic are great basketball players, but they're also yeah. lawyer loophole basketball players who basically, it's like when you were kids and you were playing Mortal Kombat and somebody figured out how to game the system and some move that nobody could stop. After a while, it wasn't really fun playing with them. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. similar watching Luka and watching Harden, man. It's, like, it's a brand of basketball that is so cowardly and, and just so... It's, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's not a good... Dude, it's not, it's not a good brand of basketball to watch, man. It's begging for calls. It's leaning into people. It's flopping everywhere. It's mm-hmm. constantly going to the line. And it, it takes not only the creativity, but the pace of the game. Dude, I, I do not that's like watching Luka or no, I, still, I still evaluate. Yeah. Basketball is about tricking the rest of these days. In a player and say, hmm, I want to take my old fat ass out to the court and try and do that and pop my knee. I don't look at James Harden and say, hmm, I want to do that. Yeah, let me go to the court and do that. <laughs> let me do what he does. That's, like, that's that, that is the thing, like, it, it, it's always fun to see somebody just getting buckets, but it's really not that fun to see James Harden get. But I don't want to sound like that because you know I'm somewhat still a right. supporter, but 
Yeah. I try like to I said, like, it's, I try it's nothing to like that I want to teach my kid. Like, yeah, that's how you yeah, do it. I try. <laughs> I try and he's an like all-time it. great scorer. I, I'm not going to take that away from him. But I hate to see Luca now become his son and take on the tactics of Harden instead of the tactics of some of the all-time greats. When he has the – like, both of them have extremely fast and – creative first steps, and they, they move in an offbeat rhythm where it's kind of hard to, mm-hmm. you know, know mm-hmm. where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. So they, got they, would be, they would both be great e- either way, but they don't have to do it like this, man. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> so it's that's what, I mean, that, that's what the, the league has turned into, like gaming the system. Let me see what tricks I can pull that the refs aren't going to. I guess some would think it's smart. For me, it's hard to watch. Remember when your homeboy figured that out and just slid everybody to death when you were street fighter? It took all the energy out the room. Nobody want to play you, dude. You do the same thing. That's what it is. It's like when we used to play. It's like we used to play Bayon and Madden, and he always hit you with that little pass out into the flats. Like you get him down to like a third and twelve, and then he kept running the same play. Yo, if you don't stop, yo, Bayon, Bayon, I, I played Bayon a couple times, and man, I'm like, look, you make you want to quit the game, game. The entire <laughs> game, you got it. The, the video game Dink and Dunk King, and that shit used to work. All right, guys, man, man for the work call as usual, man. We're going. Hey, and, and just for the record, before the young uh, boys retired me online in Madden, that was another problem too. They figured out blitzes nobody knew about. And cheese the hell out you to the point to where you had to pull the plug, man. They were yeah, in 20, 2010, I tried to start playing online with some youngins, man. We had a Madden League and we had a um uh, a 2K, NBA, 2K League. 2K now, league. the Madden League, I wasn't even competitive. But the 2K <laughs> League, I had gotten okay. But then dudes, like, I used to play a dude. He, had, he used to use the Knicks. And um, David Lee was, like, the best player in the game. He had some glitch there. <laughs> I'm like, come on. He, no, he would be in the post. He'll get the ball. He will literally run through you like a ghost. And this dude would keep doing it. Like, dude, you're cheating. Like, like you no, can't just run no. through my man. Like, like a ghost. We, we, we got we to gotta go, Naj. But think about this. When you look oh, yeah, at 2K, yeah, do you want to play? Do you want to play as James Harden? You don't want to play as James Harden. What? Come on, man. Yo, hit us next week, man. All right, Joe. All right. All right, yeah, we got a few minutes left here. Just want to give uh, a few shout-outs. Yeah, yeah, we definitely – we're going to do that in a second. Um, Actually, we can go out on that. Shout-out to Bernard Hopkins, Sugar Shane Mosley, and Juan Manuel Marquez. They are the latest to be elected into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. I think all three men are very well deserving. I don't think there's an argument to be made on the contrary. Of course, there are some other people, um, some contributors and some ladies and all that. I guess, but. I guess you don't have to be retired to go into the Boxing Hall of Fame because Bernard is still young. Because <laughs> all of these dudes probably got a fight schedule. <laughs> Yo. They all, well, all got three a fight schedule. Uh, Sugar, the only one retired. Marquez definitely still rumbling. He's Mexican. And yeah. Bernard is trying to fight Roy, and it ain't even about money. It's personal. Like that's probably fight like he probably fight like Kimbo and like people backyard. And Bernard <laughs> just waiting. Bernard just hangs around at fights. Like you still think Bernard's some kind of executive with Golden Boy? I think he just be hanging around, trying to low key challenge people 
Like you can do that to yeah. me though. Not get a payday. Um, exactly. Uh, Terrell Pryor was stabbed by his girlfriend uh, this, over this past week. Yo, he was in critical condition. They said he coded twice COVID. Mm-hmm. when he was in surgery. Uh, that whole thing is going to be more to come out because she basically said it was whooping her ass. Yeah, and 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 her friends and witnesses says it's not the first time that he put hands on her either. Um, we got some stuff. We'll talk about this next week, man. We got because actually, I know you're working on getting Patrick Ewan on the show. Um, he yes, might talk about this though. We got a couple of Georgetown basketball players accused of burglary, sexual assault, and harassment. So we will talk about that a little bit next week. Right now, real quick before we uh, leave out on Mellow, man, this date in sports history. Um, December 5th, 1974, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle awarded the Seattle Professional Football Consortium, led by Lord Lloyd W. Nordstrom, um, a franchise to organize the future Seattle Seahawks. And also, December 5th, 1978, the Philadelphia Phillies made Pete Rose the highest paid athlete in baseball. Listen to this contract. He was 37 years old. He signed a four-year, $3.2 million deal Worth eight hundred thousand dollars per year, and helped Philly win the nineteen eighty World Series, which was its first. He was getting eight hundred thousand dollars a year, and he was the highest paid athlete in the league. Yo, dudes are getting thirty million now, <laughs> and half of them couldn't hold Pete Rose's jockstrap. So <laughs> it's crazy. You gotta, you gotta Yo, crawl before you walk. They're standing on your shoulders, Pete. And Pete probably Yo, Pete might gambled all that cat. Any, he might be the best cat in any sport, not in the Hall of Fame. We know why. Oh, man. I'm just saying. We did run out. So we're going to get to talk about Melo being the player of the week, him and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, we, we definitely got to touch on that because, like you said, it's a feel-good story, and Melo yes. is playing very well. But that player of the week thing was crazy because your man Harden averaged no, no, no. like 90 points last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he put up 90. Averaged put like up a 30-point triple-double last week. So they definitely gave him a lot of that. 20 and 20. Yo, <laughs> they, they, uh, they did the numbers and uh, and and Melo put up 22, so he put up 60-something in over three games. Harden had 60 in one game. In three so quarters. he shouldn't have got quarters. it. Yeah, in, in three, three quarters. quarters. Not in one game. In three quarters. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have had it, but also, Melo should have never been out of the league, and I know it's a small sample size, but from what I'm seeing, he's part of a big three, and he's still oh. capable of putting up 20 a game. So why was he ever out of the league? So we got to no go, doubt. man. No, we're going to talk about Melo next week, man. He deserves it. He deserves it. So look, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us. For another briefing in the War Room, shout out to everyone in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, War Room Sports, Game Time on the GroupMe app. And all the callers who called in to highlight a special thanks to Gus Griffin and Fred Purdue for their respective segments. Tune in next week, live right here on demand as we review NFL Week 15, preview Week 15, and catch you up on everything happening around the world of sports. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportstobook.com or at warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you next time.
know the blueprint. Yo. Every Thursday, 6 to 8, they do this. Shout out to Dev, PJ, Be Austin, Doc Bay on replay. WarRoomSports.com. Get that mobile app. If not dial, call it 323-14-0012. They be going and you sensitive, then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, the tough sports. Showtime like magic in the block push. Listen live, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Secret, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a chief flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cast? You better name us. War Room Sports. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.